Hi, my name is Jackie, and this is Alive and Active. This podcast is a weekly devotional where we will study scripture and challenge one another to a lifestyle that is fully alive in Christ. In this devotional, I will challenge you to actively pursue what God says and how we can apply it to our lives. So grab your Bible and your favorite beverage, and let's dig in together. It is so good to be back. Thank you for joining me after a way longer break than I anticipated. I spent the last few weeks traveling and then duties of other ministries and family just got in the way, but I'm so glad to be here recording episode six. Today, we will look at scripture to answer a question that pretty much every believer will battle at some point, rather that be for you and your own personal walk or with a loved one. My question today is, Can we still live a sinful lifestyle and claim Christianity? This is often a difficult topic for many believers because it challenges you to give up your idols that we have worshipped and fallen in love with for years or maybe even your whole life. An idol is anything that defines you, permeates your thoughts, and makes you feel like you can't live or be happy without it. That could be a drug, a relationship, a job, a sport, social media, money, an electronic device, just to name a few. So let's dig into the word to find out what scripture says about what it means to live out our Christian faith. Here we go again, back into Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. And you were dead in your transgressions and sin, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of the disobedient. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Note that Paul refers to a former lifestyle, and he also uses past tense. You were dead in your sin. You were children of wrath. But God... Those are my favorite words in scripture because God gives us a way out. But God changed your course because of his love for you. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, meaning even when you didn't know him, even when you ran away from him, he still loved you. He has loved you in the past. He loves you now and in the future. Verse 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So nothing you do can earn your way into heaven. If we could do it on our own, then we wouldn't need Jesus. It is important to know that there are different types of salvation in the scripture. So today we are going to talk about justification and sanctification. Justification is our belief in Jesus that saves us from eternity in hell. We are justified by grace alone, not because of anything that we do to earn it. Galatians 2.16 says that man is not justified by his works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. 
the transformation that begins after justification changes the way we live. This is our sanctification. Sanctification saves us from the power of sin. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Romans 6 says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died in the sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through the baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Romans 6 goes on to say that Christ's death on the cross symbolizes the death to sin. The Christ's resurrection is the symbol of us rising from the death of our sins to walk in a new life in Christ. Verses 19 continues to define sanctification further. For just as we presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, resulting in further lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, resulting in sanctification. But now, having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome of eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for freedom of sin and the many riches and rewards that we get to partake in as servants of Christ. Now, what happens if someone proclaims to believe in Jesus, but they don't have the actions to back it up? Remember last week we talked about how to handle division? I mentioned it's not our place to judge the heart. Only God sees their struggle and what they truly believe. So I think it's not our place to say, well, this person is going to hell because he doesn't live a lifestyle like a believer should. But we do have the job to fellow brothers and sisters to love them and call out their sin from a place of love and genuine concern for their well-being. Scripture says that everyone will have a judgment day, not for our sins, but for our actions. All believers of Jesus have their pass into heaven. Their sins are forgiven. Those will not be considered on judgment day, but rather we will answer for the work that we did or didn't do with our free gift of justification. This is explained in 2 Corinthians 5. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that everyone may recompense for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. 1 Corinthians 3.12 Now if a man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, straw, every man's work will become evident. For the day will show it, because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. 
but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Many times scripture refers to fire as judgment, like the story of Sodom and Gomorrah and the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. God protects them from the judgment of King Nebuchadnezzar. Psalms 106.18 says, The flame consumes the wicked. One of my mentors in college used to say, Some of us are getting into heaven smelling like smoke. Now, if we are saved by grace alone, Ephesians 5 and 1 Corinthians still throws me off sometimes if I'm being honest. A wise mentor once asked me a question that helped me keep it straight. What is an inheritance? I answered, Values passed down to children. He said, would you still be my child without an inheritance? Well, Ephesians 5.5 says, For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Paul is not saying that if we are greedy or impure, then we don't get into heaven. Paul is saying God will punish his children like a good father does, and we can lose our God-given inheritance in heaven. 1 Corinthians 6 also reinstates this in verses 9 through 11. Don't you know that wicked people won't inherit God's kingdom? Stop deceiving yourselves. People who continue to commit sexual sins, who worship false gods, those who commit adultery, homosexuals, or thieves, those who are greedy or drunk, who use abusive language, or who rob people, will not inherit God's kingdom. That's what some of you were. But you have been washed and made holy, and you have received God's approval in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Paul continues on in the chapter to remind us to stay away from sexual immorality and remind us that we were bought for a price, the price that Jesus paid on the cross. I think the woman at the well tells the perfect story of justification and sanctification. This story is found in John chapter 4. In this story, Jesus meets a woman at a well. She's a Samaritan. Now back in Jesus' time, a Samaritan woman was considered to be low class. Jesus was a Jew. There were strict laws for the Jews to not touch or speak to any unclean thing. This woman was considered unclean. And he asked her for a drink. The woman is shocked that Jesus is asking him for a drink because she sees that he is a Jew. Now in their conversation, Jesus calls out her sin. She's living a lifestyle where she has slept around with many men and none of them are her husband. Jesus sees her for who she is and calls out her sin. Even though Jesus sees this woman for who she is, he still offers her the salvation of eternal life to never thirst again. He proclaims that he is the Messiah. This woman is shocked. One, that he even spoke to her. And two, that he was able to identify who she was and her reckless lifestyle. And three, that he would still offer salvation to her. 
She's blown away with the possibility that she just met the Messiah. So she runs to her town and tells all the Samaritans about what she just witnessed. In John 4 verses 39 through 42, it says, From the city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. And they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the savior of the world. I love this story because this woman is so grateful and filled up with joy for her justification that she knows she does not deserve. She's so full of joy and so excited and enthralled that she is compelled to run and tell the whole city about what just happened to her. She just met the Savior of the world. She's ecstatic. Was it required for her salvation to go and share her testimony? No, but she will receive a reward in heaven and eternal joy of saving people from eternity in hell. I love that the Bible uses unlikely heroes. So here's your challenge for the week. Question one, read Romans 6. What does it mean to you? Question two, read Ephesians 5 and 1 Corinthians 6. Does it bring out about any conviction that you might need to bring to God? Question three, pray Psalms 139 and ask God to reveal any sin you need to surrender to God. Thanks again for listening. I promise I will be back next week and I would love to hear how these episodes have impacted you. If you have any questions or topics you would like me to discuss, please shoot me an email. You can find it in my show notes. Thank you so much for listening. This awesome song is titled Meant to Be by Ark North featuring Christina Marina. Please know I am praying for you every week and I would so love it if you would pray for me as well because your prayers are powerful and effective. I would love to hear how this week's episode impacted you and I hope you'll join me next week. Until next time, let's go be doers of the alive and active Word of God.